0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Binge. My name is Mo, I'm a registered dietitian and behavioral change specialist. And every episode, I do my best to help bring you closer to a life free of binging where you're in control so you can stop worrying about the next time you're going to lose control and all the chronic conditions associated with binge eating long term and the mental health problems too. Let's not forget about that. And today we are going to talk about two important, very important qualities of the mind That makes binge eating persistent and difficult to get rid of. Um, I'm gonna start this one, this podcast today, by opening up with a story for us. So, for all of you story lovers out there, get ready. And for those of you who don't really like my stories that much, well, you're just gonna have to listen to it or potentially maybe jump ahead. But I recommend you listen to it. Today, I'm gonna talk about a story of the boy who couldn't say sorry. Riley was a nine year old who was a very normal boy in every single way, who had very loving parents, a sister called Jenna, who was a year younger than him. But he struggled with one main problem, is that he couldn't say sorry when he did something wrong. And it actually all started when he was seven years old and he had a big argument. The first big argument that he remembers was his mother. And... He went to his room that night and he had all these dark negative thoughts about how he's not welcome at home anymore and how he needs to plot his escape and run away and get out of the house because nobody wants him and nobody loves him and these thoughts took over for a whole day and he went to sleep and woke up the next day and then his mother came to him asking him if he's going to apologize or not and immediately he said no He didn't want to because he didn't think that he was going to be forgiven. And that's when his mother told him, well, it's okay. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. Uh, He didn't listen. And still he uh, refused to apologize. So she left him again for another day and then eventually went to him and pretended like nothing happened. And life went on from there. And he forgot about that. But his subconscious didn't. Now, here's the problem with Riley. Riley uh, went on to live his life um, from, from nine onwards, never apologizing, whether it's in school or whether it's in his home or a fight against his sister or his friends. He would always be the one who uh, waited the la- till the very last second until somebody came to talk to him initiate contact and apologize and then he would say okay fine well I'm sorry too but he never initiated apology he was always the one to say it second never never first as Riley grew older and became uh, 13 years old he uh, went ahead to, to play some sports and had made some friends but as he got closer with these friends they got into arguments, inevitably, like every every group of friends do. Um, he got in a few, few fights and arguments with his friends. He refused to apologize. Even a couple of times he was mistaken, specifically this one time where he pushed his friend, refused to apologize, and lost a few of his friends. And they wouldn't talk to him again, and it stayed that way. And even though he wanted to talk to them again, he wanted to make peace, he just couldn't do it. Something was blocking him. Something was holding him back. And then jump ahead a few years later and he was 18 he started dating and seeing people um he was in a lovely lovely relationship with uh, a a girl that used to be his very cl- close friend since they were in middle school They never argued She always listened to him but when they turned 18 they started taking it there t- they took the relationship to the next level and one day uh She got offended that he um, did not uh, take her side when some people were uh, making fun of her and he thought they were joking, but she got offended and she blamed him and he didn't think that he was supposed to be blamed for it. Um, And so she expected him to apologize, but he wouldn't and he couldn't do it. And that led to the relationship falling apart. Um, And then Riley went ahead to live his life from uh, not really finding something a relationship long-term that would uh, make him feel fulfilled or make him happy. Um, Because every time an an obstacle came up, an argument happened, he would refuse to apologize. He did have a few friends. Those are the friends that never argued with him at all. They never argued together. But he found it very difficult to apologize. Until one day, something horrible happened. His father uh, got into an argument with him because of um, the fact that Riley was smoking and his father found out and he was 24 at that age and his father wasn't happy and Riley blew up at him and he blamed him for him for him smoking. Um, He said that it was because of all the stress that he was placed under when he was a kid and because of how um, his father constantly felt like he felt like his father was ignoring him and he put the blame on him and he blew up at him and he made his father cry that day. And it was very, very difficult for his father. Um, And the next day, his father suffered a heart attack uh he was older and he had a weak heart and he was so stressed out and he thought that he did all he could for his for for riley but uh he felt at that point felt like a failure that his son didn't appreciate him and he had a heart attack and in that moment riley was overwhelmed with emotion when he found out that his father was in the hospital and he was overcome with pain uh, and he rushed to him and for the first time in his life he apologized. He said, "Father, I'm sorry. I don't know why I did this. It's... It, I, I'm not. Sure. I don't know why. I can't apologize, but I'm here saying I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I, the idea of you uh, dying and having heard these last brutal, brutal words from me uh, were very difficult. And I don't think I could have lived like that. I'm so grateful that you're still alive. So please forgive me. And that, from that moment on, uh, Riley became a bit, a bit more able to say sorry." Now, on the other hand, Jenna, his sister, um, when she was younger, she had no problems apologizing at all because every time she apologized, she found that her mother was very welcoming and her father was very welcoming and they would make peace and then go off and
1: uh,
0: either go for a walk together or make some food together or grab some, uh, grab a, a nice dessert or something. with each other and just talk and connect more and so she had no problems apologizing at all and she grew up with very healthy relationships she got married to uh, her high school sweetheart early on and she had a pretty pretty normal uh, social connection life and that was pretty much the story of Riley and Jenna the boy who couldn't say sorry and the girl who uh, had no problems apologizing his sister now let 's talk a little bit about how this what this has to do with overeating because it or binge eating because at this point you 're probably like, Well, this has nothing to do with binge eating at all like what what is this like what is he talking about Riley and Jenna and sorry and not sorry, but actually it has everything to do with binge eating because this story has two very important qualities of the mind that allows binge eating to be persistent and consistent. Uh, and something that is difficult to get rid of in our life and i'm going to share with you how the first and most important rule about the mind is that the mind um, seeks pleasure and avoids pain so i'm going to say it again the mind seeks pleasure and avoids pain it is wired to do that this is how it goes ahead uh, creating things that you want to do for you and things that you do not want to do. So whenever you feel like doing something, it is because your mind associates pleasure for it. And whenever you don't feel like doing something, it's because your mind associates pain for it, regardless of whether it's good for you. So something could be good for you, uh, but your mind just doesn't want to do it. And we can all think of stuff like that. Exercise, uh, potentially waking up early, Um Potentially uh, not sleeping, uh, not, not being on our phone at night, saying sorry like Riley did. So specifically for Riley is he associated apologizing with negative experiences and pain. Because when he was young, he built this image in his head that apologizing could come uh, could come with uh, uh, being rejected and uh, not being uh, accepted, and um, meaning that he's a failure or he's wrong. And he had that fear of failure in his head. That was enough pain to cause him to not want to apologize, and that association stayed with him a long, long, long time. It stayed in his mind. Uh, for a very long time, and it caused him to lose people, lose friends, lose relationships, lose the girl that he was very close with, uh, and almost uh, lose his father at a point where his father was, could have potentially died. And that was uh, how his mind was keeping him from apologizing. So uh, the mind seeks pleasure and avoids pain. Now, here is something equally as important. Jenna, on the other hand, associated apologizing With uh, reconnecting, with being forgiven, with going out and having a good time with her parents, with uh, having a dessert potentially or having something uh, uh, sweet. And so she created this association in her mind, in her subconscious, that apologizing uh, is good, feels good. There's pleasure associated with that. And that is a very, very uh, uh, healthy behavior. But here's the thing. The mind can also associate certain uh, negative, con- negative behaviors with pleasure. And I'm sure you can think of a few examples. Binge eating is one of them. How come we can binge eat for so long? Well, it's because the mind associates it with pleasure. It's a, it's a, it's a pleasuring feeling. When Immediately when we think of ourselves binging in the moment and eating all these foods, whether it's chocolate or cake or whatever it is, The mind is feeling an intense amount of pleasure in the moment. And regardless of the fact that we feel pretty bad after that, whether it's 30 minutes or an hour later, we feel bad. The mind doesn't think about that. It's completely absorbed with the immediate consequence. What's going to happen immediately? And that from binging is pleasuring. But there's other things that cause pleasure as well. Sitting on Instagram the whole night playing video games or procrastinating, doing certain certain things that do not serve us, uh, potentially sleeping in in the morning instead of doing things that is good for us. So those are things that could potentially also are also associated with pleasure, right? Uh, that, the mi- that the mind will want us to do more of. And this is the number one reason why habits such as binge eating can persist. Because sometimes it is the pleasure in the midst of a lot of pain in our life. And I'll give you an example. What happens when you're so stressed out? Let's say you come home, you're so stressed from work or you come home and you had an argument with your friends or you didn't perform so well in school, you didn't get the grades that you wanted or something that didn't go your way that caused a lot of pain or you lost someone or someone made you feel bad about, yourse- about yourself uh, or someone made fun of you or you've been having these negative thoughts in your head that are uh, either comparing you to others or labeling you as a failure. All of these create pain in your life. And so, because the mind seeks pleasure and avoids pain, the normal thing for the mind to think of is, how can I get away from that pain? Well, it's by seeking pleasure. So, what is pleasuring in my life? Well, for a lot of us, eating foods, certain foods, is a source of pleasure, even though it does not serve us long long term. And so, we binge. And this is where binging happens, is that it is very, very easy for the mind to stay stuck in that cycle when it is constantly in pain, especially specifically in stressful situations, or if it's bored or stressed out, when it's experiencing that, that is why we can have these thoughts that food, you know, plan your binge and you start thinking about the binge, thinking about the binge, and then next thing you know, you're making it happen. And this is how the uh, pleasure-seeking mind and pain-avoiding mind allows binging to exist in your life. The second rule of the mind, the second one is that the mind loves the comfort zone. This is really important. The mind loves the comfort zone. So for Riley specifically, he got comfortable without uh with never apologizing. And apologizing for him was way out of his comfort zone, and that made him not want to do it because it's normal for the mind to not want to get or go outside the comfort zone. For Jenna, apologizing for her for her was in her comfort zone, she was comfortable doing it. She had no problems apologizing, so she would do it easily. Now think about what you're comfortable doing right now. Is there a behavior in your life that is within, falls within your comfort zone? And if you struggle with binge eating, then the answer is yes. And that was the same for me. I struggled with binging for so long because it was something that was part of my comfort zone. Saying on my phone late at night, for example, was part of my comfort zone. Sleeping late at night and waking very late in the morning was part of my comfort zone. Eventually, smoking became part of my comfort zone. Eventually, certain things like negative self-talk became part of my comfort zone. I'm just comfortable doing it. It's something that I've been doing for so long that it is what the mind calls the comfort zone. And it is the mind's number one way of automating a lot of the things that it sees you doing it regularly so if you see your mind sees you doing something over and over again it says well must be something that's going to be always always be done that is the comfort zone I'm always going to want to do that and it becomes automatic which means you no longer have to think about it now let's take for a second how Riley got out of his comfort zone and Ashley if you're able to answer this right now before I give you the, uh, the answer then Pause and put the answer in the comments below because this is going to be a very strong demonstration of analytical skills. How was Riley able to overcome his comfort zone and apologize to his father after not apologizing for years? Between the ages of seven and 24, he has not apologized to anybody, but at 24, he apologized to his father when he, was, when he had an almost near-death experience. What made him do that? Well, the answer is simple. Remember how we said the mind seeks pleasure and avoids pain? Well, in that moment, the thought of his father dying while having heard such negative words from his own son was so painful, it overwhelmed the pain of saying sorry. The pain of seeing his father go through that was way, way, way higher than the pain of apologizing. And when that pain overwhelmed it, then it was easy to go and apologize and go out of the comfort zone. And this is the number one reason why people who overcome binge eating finally uh, are able to do it is when they get to a point when they've experienced so much pain from binge eating that they get to their enough is enough moment and they find the right help. Now, here's the thing, because many, many people, once they find the right right help or the right process, they can sense that it's out of their comfort zone. Only the ones who have had enough of the pain and are really ready to let go of that pain that that comes with binge eating are able to take that leap and go into something that is out of their comfort zone, such as a process or a program that will help them get out of it. Because the truth is, for Riley, Potentially associated in his head that if he apologized, he'll have to like, he'll have to go through the uh, uh, potentially being rejected or he'll have to like talk about his feelings or justify why he did that. And all these things created pain for him. It's the same for us going through something that can help us overcome binging might might come along with thoughts such as "Well, I'm going to fail. What if it's not for me? What if I have to talk about things I'm not comfortable talking about? What if I have to do all these things that I'm not really comfortable with that give me pain? And that alleviates the pain more and so the pain of overcoming binge eating sometimes becomes less than the pain of overcoming it and so that's why we persist in binge eating so what we have to do is make sure that with binge eating the pain that comes with binge eating is more than any other pain that and pushes us out of our comfort zone and from there we will find what works for us and how can we do that how can we associate so much pain with binge eating well, the answer is not really far. You have to just look at the consequences of what binging is causing and bringing into your life, the, the negative feelings, the loss of control, uh, the long-term path that you're on, the chronic conditions that might happen as a result of you doing this, the uh, amount of uh, uh, energy that goes in, wasted into go uh, into this, the amount of time wasted into this, amount of money wasted into this, all of these are things that can alleviate and increase the pain associated with binging. And that pain, you can use that pain to help you overcome binging and find something that works for you, right? But it's only when the pain of experiencing the binge eating is more than the pain of overcoming it, then that you it's going to push you in that direction. Because remember, by default, the mind seeks pleasure and avoids pain. And when there's two painful things in place, the mind will automatically seek what is least painful, Because pain and pleasure are actually opposites of the same spectrum. Though you cannot have pain without pleasure. And you cannot have pleasure without pain. They're opposites of the same spectrum. So something can be less painful than something else. And the mind will, when given these two options, the mind will automatically gravitate towards the thing that is less painful. But it is up to us to stop for a moment and see which of these two is best, best for us long term. Is it overcoming binging or continuing to struggle with binging long-term uh, best for us? What is going to serve us long-term? Well, the answer is to overcome the binging, right? Uh, let's say there's other things that you have to weigh into it. So, for example, well, potentially I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll put myself at a risk of uh, failing or I'll uh, potentially put myself in a situation where I have to talk about things I'm not comfortable with or, or uh, potentially I'll have to lose on some money. Well, these could be pains as well. But... Are these pains potentially uh, 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 avoiding at the expense of struggling with binging long term? This is how, again, you can alleviate the pain that comes with binging. And as we use this rule of the mind seeks pleasure and avoids pain, we can start to understand why the mind seeks binge eating, why it seeks other habits that are not serving us and why it seeks uh, habits that are, do not serve us, um, such as binge eating or anything else. So. Think about this for a moment and ask yourself, what are habits that I have in my life that do serve me, that I want to do more of, but I just can't do it because it's painful for me, whether it's exercising or anything else. And what habits am I comfortable doing that I get short-term pleasure from that I just can't stop doing and start to change the conversation so that you can associate more pain with the habits that don't serve you and you can start to associate more pleasure with the habits that do serve you and this is really a, a powerful thing to learn that i teach in my programs all the time is how to reframe uh reframe that part in our life so that we're able to uh, uh, seek habits to, to to uh commit to habits that do ser- that do serve us long term but potentially give us pain so for exercise, for example, just the fact that switching up the, the, the narrative and saying, I love exercise, I love exercising. It's the best thing ever. Or um, I love investing in myself. I really do. Every time I invest in myself, it helps me grow. It helps me get better. Or I, uh, I love sleeping early so I can wake up early and do certain routines. Or um, I love reading about self-help or growing on my own. And then you can take the same language and use it towards things that you want to avoid, such as I hate uh, binge eating a lot. I hate binging so much. Or I hate uh, struggling with binging for so long, right? And be very careful what you use. So I never recommend you say I hate food uh, because food is uh, not, not something that, we, uh, that if you hate food, if you choose to hate certain foods, then you will just contribute to more disordered eating and a negative relationship with food. So one way... Now, ask yourself, what is one way Riley could have uh, gotten to a point where he improves, uh, where he starts to want to apologize instead of not doing that so he can improve his relationships with others? Well, he could have started by saying to himself, I love apologizing. It makes me a better person. It makes me uh, more aware. It makes me more in control and brings me closer to others. It, and it's completely okay if they reject me. It's fine. If I'm it's rejected, it's com- at least I would have done my part there. But if that part, if that narrative there is left to uh, uh, being automatic, then it will be very easily part of our comfort zone and it will be very difficult to overcome long term so keep that in mind the mind loves the comfort zone it wants to keep you in the comfort zone because in the comfort zone it doesn't have to worry about uh, certain things it knows that you're going to be doing it and you do it so it just automates it and puts it in the comfort zone and the second part is the mind seeks pleasure and avoids pain I want you to challenge yourself to find out what gives you pleasure in your life and what gives you pain in your life and ask yourself do these serve you or not if the pleasures do not serve you then it's time to change them and if the pains that you're avoiding do serve you then it's time to change the relationship with these things as well and this is a life changer this is a very powerful skill set to have the more you work on it the better it becomes and the easier It is for you to do that in other elements in your life and that's when it becomes uh, really life-changing because everything, the battle, if there's one thing that I 100% stand by is that the battle is always going to be won in the mind. So the battle is won in the mind and our main tool, our main weapon is our communication and our narrative and our thoughts and being in control of that is... Uh, something as a very powerful skill set to have and a powerful uh, characteristic to to have as well now if you're struggling uh, with this and you want to go through a process that is carefully designed then you can get in touch uh, with me through www.morezk.com that's www.morerisk.com and we can have a conversation whether your my programs could be a good fit for you in these programs we go we go on a, a small group journey with uh three to four people of the same age group where we together we go through a process I designed to help us overcome binging starting with our habits and uh, ending with our narrative and the mind and how we can gain control of the mind I currently have three groups starting um, this is going to be April 30th 2021 um, a group that is below 16 a group that is Below 32 and a group that is above 40, and from there um, we work on h- how we can overcome binging in the shortest amount, possible, p- amount of time possible while having fun. And if you don't fall in any of these age groups or anything like that, then no worries at all. I start new groups all the time, so feel free to reach out and we can talk more about it. But in the meantime, stay, p- put more awareness on there's habits in your life that give you pleasure and give you and the ones that give you pain, and ask yourself which of these. Um, serve me and which do not and understand that your mind is going to do a lot of a lot to keep you in your comfort zone that is why we struggle with binge eating long term so it is okay it is completely fine for the mind to want to be the comfort zone but the good news is that any zone can be your comfort zone with the right amount of effort and time i hope you found this episode helpful i look forward to seeing you in the next one and please leave any questions below have a wonderful day